Hello, and welcome to episode 6 of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. I'm your host, Mark. San Diego Comic-Con 2018 is now in the books, and there was a lot of Star Wars news. We break down some of the big announcements, take a look at some of the convention-exclusive swag, and take a look ahead at the second half of the year to see what is in store for Star Wars fans across the globe. The weather is beautiful on the plains of Dantooine, and we're glad you are along for the journey. I am really happy to have you on for today's episode. The big one is done. In years when there is no Star Wars celebration, you can always count on San Diego Comic-Con to be the place that mega-sized Star Wars announcements will happen. And this year was the year for some super-sized Star Wars news. Now, the biggest announcement was that Star Wars The Clone Wars animated series is coming back for another 12 episodes. That was certainly not on my radar, nor do I think it was on the radar for any Star Wars fan, news group, or podcast up until that announcement by Dave Filoni. I'm still in a little bit of a daze from hearing about this. We know that the Star Wars Resistance animated series that is set to take place before the events of Star Wars The Force Awakens is scheduled to begin in September. From what I know at this time, Resistance is going to be a more 2D style animation with, I think, some manga elements added to it. And we know that Oscar Isaacs and Gwendolyn Christie will be voicing Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. But it looks like we are going to be seeing the fully 3D animated style that we saw in the previous Clone Wars episodes, as well as the return of the original voice actors who helped bring these beloved characters to life. Last month, I mentioned how I thought Solo, a Star Wars story, was a movie desperately needed to bring the Star Wars nation out of the doldrums. But I am now beginning to wonder if Lucasfilm is bringing the Clone Wars back at this time because of the success it had in bringing great Star Wars stories to television. Perhaps they are trying to mend some broken hearts that many fans had with The Last Jedi? I'm not certain, but I'm beginning to take, I'm beginning to, to think about it like that. In addition to the announcement, we got to see a short trailer for the upcoming 12 episodes. And I don't think I was the only Star Wars fan to have a double take when I saw that image of Ahsoka Tano addressing her former master, Anakin Skywalker. Wow. Now, obviously, we know some of Ahsoka's journey after she left the Jedi Order. E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka novel fills us in on her activities about a year after Emperor Palpatine's reorganization of the Republic into the Galactic Empire. I read this novel about a year or so ago, but I'm thinking now that I may want to refresh my memory with a review of it in an upco- in, a, in a review of it for an upcoming podcast episode. And we also know how Ahsoka plays into the events documented in Star Wars Rebels, even up to the point where Ahsoka is shown with Sabine Wren sometime after the Battle of Endor in Episode 6 about to set out to find Ezra Bridger who went missing with Grand Admiral Thrawn. And we also cannot forget that the Season 2 finale of Star Wars Rebels showed us that duel between Ahsoka and Darth Vader, and we are led to believe that she realizes that Vader is actually Anakin. With these canonized tales still pretty fresh in our memories, it has to make you wonder what the Clone Wars is going to do for these upcoming 12 episodes. Does Anakin and Ahsoka ever meet up again in person prior to Order 66? How does Obi-Wan read the situation? How close to Order 66 is this season going to take us? I am hopeful that we are going to get a season of Clone Wars that meshes in beautifully with Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. It's no big secret that most fans of the Clone Wars were not expecting the series to end the way it did back in 2013. Now, 
Granted, they did release a sixth season on Netflix in 2014, which had some very powerful episodes and very complex ideas regarding the nature of the Force. But there is no question that a lot of us still felt that there were more adventures to be had by this cast of characters. There was still too much of a gap between The Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. So the good news is that they have 12 episodes to make to make this happen. On a, uh, on a small side note here, it looks like these episodes will be released through Disney's streaming service, although I am unsure as to when we are going to be seeing these episodes. Uh, will they run in conjunction with Resistance, or will this play perhaps between Thanksgiving and the first part of January, which is usually a break time for most TV shows, but would be a welcome series for those of us looking for new Star Wars stuff during the holidays? Or maybe this will be something that might make its debut at Star Wars Celebration this coming April. All in all, we will have to wait and see what happens with this. Now, while the Clone Wars started off as a as good canon for our Jedi, such as Anakin and Obi-Wan, the series ended up becoming the story of Ahsoka Tano, in my opinion. Dave Filoni and his story team on Clone Wars did an amazing job weaving the tales of Ahsoka and developing her as a powerful wielder of the Force. While the fan reaction to her character in those early seasons of the show was a little tepid, there could be no doubt that Ahsoka, who was brought to life with the amazing voice acting of Ashley Eckstein, has become one of the most beloved characters in Star Wars lore. I keep wondering if we're going to see, we're going to see Ahsoka in Episode 9 come December 2019. Will there be any common threads that are going to connect the Clone Wars to the end of Rebels straight through to Episode 9? Will any of these questions that we have been asking about Rey, Kylo, and Luke be set into motion with the events in this new season of the Clone Wars? I will say that in the first few hours of the Clone Wars announcements, I must have gone through seven or eight different possible scenarios in my head as to how they could execute a storyline leading us to Episode 9. And I will admit that I envision a, fan, a fanboy moment if Episode 9 brings together Rey and Ahsoka in such a way that manages to enwrap the full Skywalker saga from movie episodes, animated series, and canonical novels. I highly doubt it, but always in motion is the Force, so anything is possible. Also, if you want to read a great prequel era canon book, give Dark Disciple by Christy Golden a try. It takes place in those final weeks before Order 66 and is a story of Jedi Master Quillen Voss and Asajj Ventress. It is one of my favorite new canon books out there, so you should give it a try. Now, getting back to speaking of Ahsoka, did anyone else get a chance to take a look at the pictures of Gentle Giant's Ahsoka Tano minibus from San Diego Comic-Con? Wow! <laughs> Just wow! The sculpt of this minibus is spot on. I am so happy that Gentle Giant went with the design of, a, of the character from Star Wars Rebels, and I'm equally happy the design was executed with a real-life look as opposed to the animated style used for the show. Her face and expression is powerful and determined. Her Togruta features are sculpted with a graceful touch. Her musculature and propor is proportioned and well-defined and her iconic pose with her colorless lightsabers make this such a welcome addition to the Star Wars minibus line at Gentle Giant. I cannot wait until I can hit the pre-order on this item. Hopefully this is going to be released before the year is done, and perhaps it will be lining, book be lining bookshelves and displays this coming holiday season. Personally, I am eager to add Ahsoka to my shelf of prequel-era Jedi such as Shock-T and Aayla Sakura. 
Another mini-bus announcement made at San Diego Comic-Con was the reveal of the 2018 holiday season selection. And when I saw this mini-bus, I was absolutely delighted. All Star Wars fans have this love-hate relationship with the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. It certainly is not The Empire Strikes Back, and is something that George Lucas wishes he never set into motion. But we can all agree that that nine-minute animated story that introduces the character of Boba Fett was the one bright spot in that 90-minute retro fiasco. It was so unique and enjoyed by Star Wars fans globally that it is included on the bonus disc in that Blu-ray collection of Episode 1 through Episode 6. And just as another, as another aside, how cool is it that we have this animated adventure preserved for all time? Not only is Boba Fett introduced here, but we also have the actual voices of Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, and James Earl Jones in their iconic roles. I like retro animation, so this feature, along with its bright colors and 1970s feel, always makes me smile. Now, to bring this back to Gentle Giant again, this year's holiday gift is a mini bust of Boba Fett as he appeared in the 1978 special. The color scheme on this mini bust shows shades of blue, gray, and yellow across his helmet and armor. His right hand has a laser pistol at a ready-to-fire pose, while his other hand has that electro mace that he used to control that giant sea creature he was riding at the beginning of the animated short. In addition, the sculpt spares no detail, as is evident by his utility belt, Wookiee braids across his right shoulder, and a dent on his helmet. And some good detailed work on his jetpack that he uses to escape from Han and Luke at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the animated short. Now, Gentle Giant's holiday season selection is always a lot of fun and a nice addition to one's collection. I'm still on the fence for this minibus, more because I need to watch my wallet more, more than anything else, but I am hoping to add this to my minibus collection and onto my shelf of honor. And it, would, and it would be the first time that I have a Boba Fett minibus in my collection as well, so that would make it really special. Another Gentle Giant reveal at San Diego Comic-Con was the minibus for Leia in her best pin gown. This is one of, G of Gentle Giant's premier guild gifts for 2018. Prior to the pics we saw at San Diego Comic-Con of this bust, the only image we had was an artist's rendering of it. I really like this mini bust for a couple of reasons. I am really happy that it is a PGM gift for this year, and I am and it is leaning me towards becoming a guild member. Um, I am also waiting for that Leia Yavin ceremony mini bust to be released later in August. I figure that if I can get a membership to secure that Leia PGM gift, I can also use some of the guild membership benefits in order to get that Leia Yavin ceremony mini bust as well. But regardless of that. For me, both these busts show Leia in what I believe are her most beautiful renderings in the Star Wars saga. And yes, we all know about Leia in the metal bikini from Jabba's Palace, but Leia's character was always supposed to be strong yet elegant, and I think her rendering from Yavin and Bespin best capture both of those elements. While I am generally pleased with the images from San Diego Comic-Con of the actual mini-bust, there are a couple details that I am hoping will be addressed. Now, keep in mind, the only pics I have seen of this statue were photographed from an unusual angle, so it's possible that it looks slightly different than from what I am currently seeing. The gown itself flows beautifully on her figure. 
Leia's hair has some great detail as it was braided in episode 5 to make her look as someone who, as Lando says, belongs here with us among the clouds. Her right hand and arm are at her her right hand and arm are at her hip while her left hand is raised and touching her left shoulder. It sort of looks like a pose you would find a model doing for a magazine ad or a photo shoot. It's not something that bothers me too much, but I keep wondering if the artists who worked on this should have had her other hand on her hip or even just straight down. Her expression definitely indicates concern, which is totally in line with her character during those scenes on Cloud City, in which she was sensing tremors in the force of events to come. Her eyes are looking upward, which I will say looks a little unusual. But then again, she was shorter than Han, Lando, and Chewie, so it does make sense that she might be looking up. Personally, I would have had her eyes looking straight forward, but again, it's not a deal breaker for me. One other feature that someone posted on a Rebel Scum forum was the indication that her face sculpt seems to mirror more like Episode 7 as opposed to Episode 5. I guess you could say that from looking at the pics, but again, it's another detail that I would have to see in some official photos from, from Gentle Giant. I don't think I'm the one to th I don't think I'm the only one to think this, but ever since Carrie Fisher's likeness appeared on action figures, statues, and mini busts, it always seemed that it was tough to nail down a good likeness of her in a 3D manner. Gentle Giant certainly has improved on her likeness over the years. I think this sculpt is a very good design, and I'm sure that it's going to be a very a very special piece to add to my mini bus collection, regardless of the concerns that I have mentioned. Now, the other mini bus that caught my eye was the San Diego Comic Con exclusive being sold there, Luke Skywalker's mini bus. Luke Skywalker's mini bus, and. Now it is being sold for a pretty penny on places like eBay. At first, it is a great idea for a mini bust. Luke, as he, look at, as he looked from the battle at the pit of Carcoon, wielding his green lightsaber against Jabba's thugs. The design looks okay. I like how he's positioned, and his black Jedi shirt is covered correctly with those outer shoulder coverings and belt. Some have said that... That Luke, is supposed to, that Luke is supposed to have his uh, mechanical hand covered with a glove. But if you remember that he only put on that glove after he was shot in the wrist and the fabricated skin covering his wrist showed those exposed wires which he covered up with a glove while traveling in his X-Wing to Dagobah in Episode 6. So the sculpt is correct in those areas. One really nice feature is the light-up lightsaber which adds a nice effect but I am wondering whether they properly executed Luke's face and head. Now, I think we need to remember that just like the comic books don't always have characters looking spot-on compared to the films, mini-busts can also fall into that category as well. It's up to the artist's interpretation of the character. Now, I do know that this is Luke Skywalker from, from Return of the Jedi. Yes, I do know that. And it's a good-looking mini-bust. For me, I probably would have started to consider it if I were a PGM member and if I hadn't gone over my budget from last month. But for me, there is something about his face in the sculpt that's making me veer off from this one. Maybe if I ever get a chance to see it in person, I can then make a better judgment on it. But for now, I think I'm going to hold off searching for it on eBay. Let me know if you pick one up at the show and what you think about it. I'm very curious to know what your thoughts are on this sculpt, especially if you have it in person. 
Another reveal that I had been waiting to see was the release of author Timothy Zahn's follow-up to last year's Thrawn novel, called Star Wars Thrawn Alliances. I picked up my copy of the Barnes & Noble exclusive yesterday at my local BNN store, which I will just mention has a great pull-out poster of Padme, with a likeness being, being you know, constructed with a likeness of Natalie Portman, and on the reverse side, a more laid-out image of Grand Admiral Thrawn and Darth Vader as seen on the dust jacket of the book. Now, I recently finished reading the Thrawn novel from last year, and I have absolutely loved it. I am so eager to start this, no this new novel and can't wait to see how Vader, Anakin, Padme, and Thrawn's story interrelate and connect in the Star Wars saga. Now, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive cover came with a very special image, and the image was of Anakin, you know, Anakin Skywalker, not Vader, Anakin, and a younger Thrawn. As last year's novel indicated, Thrawn did indeed meet Anakin in the past. The big question now will be if he knows Anakin and Vader are one and the same. Grab the book at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or any retailer and start your last month of summer with a great Star Wars novel. And be sure to keep checking back with the Parables of Dantooine podcast, as I will be having a special roundtable book review with a couple of my buddies. Now, in addition to adding Thrawn alliances to my bookshelf, I have also added the second volume of Star Wars newspaper strips that was put out by IDW. The third volume is scheduled to be out in September. Now, I have to say that I am thoroughly enjoying these collected editions of the newspaper strips that came out in 1979 and the early 1980s. The dust jacket covers are classic and bold. Volume 1 has Darth Vader on the cover, and Volume 2 shows Han and Leia. The introductions for each book gives a good historical perspective on these strips and their place in the expanded universe. These strips were put together by the team of Archie Goodwin and Al Williamson. This second volume also takes the classic story from Brian Daly's Han Solo at Star's End novel and weaves a tale for the newspaper comics page. I really love these dailies and Sunday strips because of the fact that the creators did not have to adhere to any quote-unquote rules, so to speak, with the exception of making sure that they didn't kill off any main characters that would be returning in The Empire Strikes Back. The writers and illustrators created stories and images as they imagined that galaxy far, far away. And while I'm enjoying the new canon stories, there is something special about the previous expanded universe now termed Legends. And seeing authors and artists being given the freedom to play in the Lucasfilm sandbox without having to be too concerned with the constraints that are inevitable when trying to build a fully canonical set of novels. These volumes are also a great collection to unwind with on your outside porch with a lemonade, or even on a quiet winter evening in your favorite chair near the fireplace. It's not the type of book you want to rush through, and if I were to su suggest, suggest an idea, take time to not only read the text, but absorb the beautiful art within its pages. The newspaper comics always hold a special place in my heart, and I always found it amazing how a comic book artist can, a comic strip artist, can weave a tale in a couple of panels. I love seeing how our beloved Star Wars characters are rendered in these are rendered in these panels, and the environments they play in. It really is a treasury of the artist's imagination, and should encourage all Star Wars fans to imagine and play out their own stories in art, music, and the written word. In my opinion, the sandbox is still there and always open for playtime. Now, speaking of good artists, 
I wanted to make a special mention of a Star Wars art print I saw that really caught my eye. Star Wars artists Tom Hodges and Laura Martin joined forces to put together a fabulous print that captures a moment in time from that Boba Fett animated short that was shown in the 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special. Now, Tom Hodges has worked on many of the Star Wars web strips as well as Clone Wars web strips and was one of the author artists for that great You Can Draw Star Wars book that is on my shelf right now. He also has worked on some great Star Wars Celebration art prints too. Laura Martin is an artist and colorist who has worked in comics for DC, Marvel, and CrossGen. She has been the colorist for many of the new canonical Star Wars comics put out by Marvel. And she was also the colorist on that great Star Wars celebration print called The Duel of the Twi'leks done by artist Mark McKenna. I also have this great print in my collection which shows expanded universe characters Ayla Sakura and Darth Talon in a powerful force duel. Now, this new print that I'm talking about that Hodges and Martin worked on shows that scene where Boba Fett and Chewbacca are hiding out in a narrow building opening trying to evade the Imperial Stormtroopers on Pana City as they try to find the antidote for the talisman virus that Han and Luke contracted. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring back again to that great, uh, <laughs> that great uh, animated short in the Star Wars Holiday Special back in 1978. Now, I was speaking earlier of that amazing Boba Fett uh, minibus that is coming out later this year. I think this print would make such a nice companion piece for it. From what I see in the photos, the print has some incredible detail. As fierce as Boba Fett is with his armor and electro mace, Chewie is a good head and a half taller and is skeptical of Boba Fett at this time in the animated short. The light, shadow, and colors look amazing. The detail on Chewie's long fur is spot on. And you do sense the concern on both characters. One who is hoping to trap the Rebels and hand them over to Darth Vader, and the uneasiness of Chewie trying to trust this guy while hoping to get the serum that will save Han and Luke. I love it when two Star Wars artists who love Star Wars come together to make great art, and Hodges and Martin executed this project beautifully. I would love to see these two join forces again to perhaps show another holiday special moment from that animated short. Maybe when Boba Fett and Chewbacca are escaping over that syrupy sea from the stormtroopers, or maybe that scene where Boba Fett speaks with Darth Vader. A lot of possibilities. Hopefully I'll be able to add the print to my collection. Now as I'm starting to think about it, how would, it di- how would I display that print along with that mini-bust? Hmm. Stay tuned to the podcast and see how I will, how I will display these works of arts. Uh, once I get them, of course. Now, while the San Diego Comic-Con is done this year, there are still plenty of conventions in my neck of the woods that are still on the docket. In August, there is Fan Expo Boston, formerly known as the Boston Comic-Con, and it will take place August 10th through August 12th at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. The Star Wars presence will be felt in the house as Billy D. Williams, a.k.a. Lando Calrissian, makes an appearance to sign autographs and take photo ops. And as I mentioned on the last podcast, Billy D. Williams, big news, is slated to star in Star Wars Episode Nine. Hopefully we'll get some more details about that as the year progresses. In addition, Star Wars Rebels voice actor Freddie Prince Jr., who played Kanan Jarrus, is also going to be there to sign autographs and take photo ops as well. So if you're in the neck of the woods on uh, between August 10th and August 12th, come down to see the Boston Comic Con. Get that opportunity to meet Billy D. Williams before he starts his work on uh, Star Wars Episode 9. 
Later on in the month, the Connecticut Terrificon will be at the Mohegan Sun Casino and Convention Center on August 17th through the 19th. This show is going to have a lot of great comic book writers and artists who have played around in the Star Wars comic book expanded universe. Mike Barron, who was the writer for the comic adaptation of the Dark Horse Thrawn trilogy, Artist Bob McLeod, who did the pencils and covers for some of the later issues of the original Star Wars Marvel run back in the early 1980s. Artist Michael Golden, who wrote, penciled, and did the cover art for the original Marvel Star Wars number 38. David Michelini, who wrote many of the original Marvel Star Wars comics run. Probably one of his most sought-after comics is issue number 68, which shows the origins of Boba Fett. And Star Wars artist Joe Caroni will be in the house as well. He has done many Star Wars Celebration art prints, and most, recent, most recently did two great tribute pieces to Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. In addition, he did the art for Daniel Wallace's. He did some of the art for Daniel Wallace's *The Imperial Handbook*, the *Star Wars Celebration* three program, as well as many other comics for different franchises. So, if you're looking to meet some great Star Wars artists and pick up some of their art, this is the convention to go to this summer, in my opinion. If you happen to be in the New England area, that is the Connecticut Terrific Con Convention, which will be at the uh, Mohegan Sun Casino and Convention Center, August 17th through the 19th. I think it's it's going to be a great show. I'm hoping I can go to it. Uh, I really I would be really looking forward to meeting, especially at the, at this uh, at this show, David Michelinie, who wrote that uh, great. Issue number 68 uh, from the original Star Wars Marvel's, uh, Marvel, Marvel Star Wars comic run. Now, later this fall will also will, will be the, the usual New York Comic Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, and the Super Mega Fest in Framingham, Massachusetts. Once we get into the autumn months, I'm going to update you with the guests and artists who play around in that galaxy far, far away. Now, getting back to speaking of Star Wars comics, and more specifically that classic Star Wars comics number 68 that was written by David Michelinie, it was penciled also by Gene Day as well as well as the cover, inked by Tom Palmer, colored by Glennis Wayne Wine, and lettered by Joe by Joe Rosen. Now, I was fortunate to finally have picked up this issue last month. It was one of those issues that has eluded me for a very long time. I wasn't able to find one that had a nice. The problem I was having is was I wasn't able to find one that had a nice enough cover that I was that I was pleased with, or it was out of my price range completely. But this past month, I was able to get my hands on one. And however, <laughs> no, you know, however, it's actually out of my hands right now. Even though I just said it, I, I finally got my hands on it, and that is because uh, at this time right now, it is. Uh, on its journey to be signed by uh, Jeremy Bullock at a convention, I believe taking place in uh, in England this in, this week. I think it's England. It's I I think it's in London. It, I'll have to check on that. But either way, it is uh, it is with a uh, a special agent of mine who is going to have that uh, that comic signed by Jeremy Bullock himself, who portrayed Boba Fett in Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I had to jump at the opportunity to get Jeremy's signature on this because the rumor is is that he is cutting back on his convention stops due to his health. Um, it will be sad not to see Jeremy on the convention circuit. You know, I was lucky to meet him at Super Mega Fest a couple of years ago. You know, he's a very pleasant gentleman, and it was a pleasure to speak with him. And I hope his health improves very soon. He's just such such a great ambassador in the Star Wars community, and uh, I do hope he uh, his 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 health improves, and I do hope he's going to get the opportunity to go out on conventions again. 
Um, in the same vein, I also noticed that uh, actor Peter Mayhew, a.k.a. Chewbacca, has also been recovering from uh, spinal surgery this past week. Um, I also, I met Peter a couple times over the years at various conventions. Also, he is such a very pleasant gentleman and a kind individual as well. Um, I wish Peter and Jeremy a very quick recovery, and I do hope we get to see them all again back on the convention circuit soon. In other Star Wars news, it looks like September 14th is the day you can pick up the Blu-ray and DVD of Solo, A Star Wars Story. I believe that the digital version is dropping a week earlier for those who like to take their movies with them on their phones. I am certainly going to be adding this to my movie collection. The real question is, will fans who boycotted the movie earlier this year also going to boycott the purchasing of this movie as well? As I mentioned on my last podcast, I am hopeful that time and space will encourage those who chose not to see it in the theater that they'll take this chance to see, to to they'll take this chance to watch Solo, even if it's only through a rental. Um, it's a good movie, and I'm looking forward to revisiting it in the fall. Uh, on another side note, Season 4 of Star Wars Rebels will be out for purchase on July 31st. Uh, if you haven't given the series a try, go and binge watch it right now. <laughs> it's, it's only four seasons long, and it has a lot of good stories. Uh, if you don't want to purchase it, I am sure your local, li- local library has it available for you to borrow, or you can even get it on uh, digitally on iTunes or whatever provider you prefer to use. Well... Thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of the Parables of Dantooine podcast. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes or via the blog at parablespodcast.blogspot.com. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, be sure to leave a review. Also, I would love to have some likes on my Facebook page as well, too. So what you want to do is go to facebook.com backslash Parables of Dantooine. That's it for now. Thanks again for spending some time with me on the plains of Dantooine, and I look forward to having you with me again for another great Parables of Dantooine podcast. Be well and have a great summer.